Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Now for the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. On a Wednesday, a Louisville basketball, men's basketball, a game day tonight, a late one. Uh, so uh, maybe a, a coffee when you get home or something. Uh, make sure you stay up uh, for Louisville and North Carolina. Uh, again, we've talked about the fact that uh, they are uh, substantial underdogs uh, in that one. Carolina has, I think, quietly really rounded into form. They only yeah. have three losses on the year, and they're all to like extremely legit teams. Uh, and unlike previous Carolina teams, uh, they still have the same profile offensively. Get up and down the floor. Pace is very fast. Uh, but this team is a very, very good defensive team. And Louisville really hasn't played a lot of lockdown defensive teams this season. And that presents kind of its own challenges. Because I think we'd all agree, Louisville's got some skilled guys. But when you play a good team against a good team defense... You've got to run good team offense, yeah. and they kind of don't. Yes. I mean, it, they're the type of defense that could really expose us. Uh, I mean, we've been exposed by lesser, you know, and that's – look, they have a, a 17th-year player with Armando Baycott. You know, he's he's – I'm sure he's a doctor by now. Got to be a doctor or something, right? You would hope. At this point. I mean, he's been in school long enough. What do you think he's taking this? Remember when Matt Leinart was when he came back to school that ballroom last dancing. year? He was just taking ballroom. It was something like two classes in yeah. the ball, just to, just enough to, and one was ballroom dancing. Quite frankly, that that's the way to go. I mean, I, if you can do that, but I mean, Carolina's taking classes at all. No, right on the record, yes. Could you imagine? What if he like if it was a fake ballroom dancing? Like you didn't, you didn't even, even have, have to, to do ballroom it. dance. <laughs> like they find out that one of the assistant coaches is teaching it, you know. Something like that. Underwater Imagine basketball. Show up and they're like, "All right, all right, all right, Armando. Let me see. Let's see. What do you got? Let's see a little waltz. <laughs> a for effort. This man has never taken a class. <laughs> <laughs> it's an online class. Online ballroom dancing. What, 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 Have they what, ever what followed up? Has anybody ever followed up and seen if they ever if they did anything with the Pan African Studies uh, department? Is it legit now? <laughs> Or do they just keep going after they after they beat the rap? I don't think anyone cares. No, I don't think they do. Yeah, they hike into mixed areas of North Carolina. They don't care. So I got a, a, a 
guy on, on Twitter that's followed me for ages is a big North Carolina fan. He loves how much I do not like Armando Baycott. He is highly unpopular in the Louisville fan base for the game a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, Still never got a fifth foul. Me. I said when he, he got his fourth one, he will not foul out. I believe the, what, the game went to overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it he did. still did not foul out. Sure didn't. <laughs> uh, Sidney Curry very famously fouled him with his face. Yes. Uh, in, in that one, uh, I'm expecting similar uh, in this one as well. Although he has become a little bit diminished in his role uh, there with that team, which does surprise me. Uh, he's still averaging bit. 10 rebounds a game. You know, he's still... But it, when you got somebody like R.J. Davis, who's really come into his own and, and reached the next level as a scorer, uh, everybody kind of has their carved-out roles in that team. And Cadeau's a really nice point guard. You know, he, he distributes the ball well. He takes care of it. Um, Baycott doesn't have to go 20-10 and 10 for them to be great. Yeah. He just doesn't. That's right. But he, he does all the dirty work. You know, he always has. Um, his scoring is kind of secondary. But he's still, he'll pop off for, for 16, 18, 20. Uh, often, you know, he can still do it. He just doesn't have to. 81 9 That is the number if you would like to get in here. 38 31 9 for the UPS Jobs text line. Uh, Texture says, Louisville's a major underdog. UNC is the big bad giant here tonight. What if Louisville pulls this upset off? Oh, listen, if Louisville pulls this upset, two out of your last three games will have been road wins against Miami and North Carolina with a disappointing loss to NC State kind of Mm -hmm. mixed in there. But you would have to say, like, two out of the last three games would be totally unforeseen things we were saying they would have to do yeah it would be shocking so let's just we'll finish out the thought experiment here before uh head back to football for just a second if they win this game tonight if louisville does what are we how are they doing it what seems like the most likely way like path this game goes that results in louisville winning the game (laughs) i mean it's 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 kind of tough to picture but probably I would say they value the basketball. They don't turn it over. Um, they probably hit more threes than they normally do. Yeah, I was. You know, my like, first thought was this is for them to win. Curtis and Mike James have to hit like yeah, ten threes. Between the Louisville's going to have to have like twelve threes, mm-hmm. and Carolina's going to have to go like three for seventeen. Yeah, it's going to have to be something like that where they have an extreme advantage on the three point line. Uh, they don't turn the ball over. They don't let North Carolina get out and run. You know, and produce a lot of uncontested baskets. Baycott um, may foul out. He's not going to foul out. He won't. Not, but don't be <laughs> not, ridiculous. No, be ridiculous. That's, whatever, that's a bridge too far. I'm like, envision Louisville winning, not like ridiculous let's keep it, things. Right. This is. Let's not go like fantasy. All right, that that's a little too far there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be something like that where we 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 have an extreme advantage and on the three point line where. Like you say, they, they hit like three or four threes and we hit 10 or 12, you know, where there's a big, you know, like 20-point differential on the arc. Uh, and we don't turn the ball over and let them get out in transition and score transition buckets, uh, points off turnovers, things like that. We have, to, we have to stop them from doing what they do well or prevent them from, not necessarily stop, but prevent it by not giving the ball away and letting them get out in open court. Problem is, we know because we were the ones that did this for years that that can be just an avalanche. If you let, if you turn the ball over once or twice, all of a sudden you've turned it over five or six times. You know, or, or you turn it over twice and you hurry. 
on the next possession and, and take a shot in the first 10 seconds or eight seconds of the shot clock, uh, they get the rebound and it's as good as a turnover. You know, like that's that's how these North Carolina teams operate. Um, yeah, it's as as you've said before, it's going to be I think akin to to hitting an inside, not even an inside straight, an inside straight flush, a one outer. Yeah, yeah, like this is going right. I think they've got to squeeze uh, every advantage that Carolina has and just shave off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, give up. I think they're going to have to make an unusual amount of threes, Louisville will, uh, and they'll have to keep North Carolina entirely off the offensive boards. Like these, these have got to be, they've got to be a whole lot of one shot possessions for North Carolina. The Louisville's got, and yes, but Louisville has been a decent uh, team at not allowing offensive rebounds. Unlike last year where it was, especially with Huntley Hatfield's emergence this year, you know, he's, He's done so much better uh, on the boards. Uh, I think we would benefit from an Emmanuel or Corfor. I don't know if he's yeah. if he's healthy tonight or not. Uh, I haven't heard, um, and you won't. Yeah, I haven't heard on on the Twitter. You know, uh, obviously, JJ Trainer's out for the year. We're not going to see him, uh, but we would benefit from another body underneath in this game. I, I I think there has been some advantages to the to the tighter lineup, but a tighter tighter rotation, but. I just feel like we're going to have to have some bodies tonight. Yeah, I mean, the only option that, that, that there is is a core for like there, yeah, there, no, there are like, no other bodies. We, we went from having like a, a lot of front court options to, well, Evans might be done for his life, <laughs> like playing basketball. Unfortunately, he's definitely done here. Uh, and JJ Trainer's done for the year. So the front court all of a sudden got a little thin uh, overnight almost. And. Yeah, it, it, we, we would we would benefit from another five fouls and a guy who's energetic on the re, on the backboards. Texture says that Kenny should get a, a third year solely for getting Baycott to foul out. Yeah, if he does that, that's a miracle man. That's a miracle man right there. And by the way, shout out to the texture who said Biscuit's so lazy he missed the whole season. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, I saw the first couple of games, all right, before I checked out. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine. That's the uh, the number if you would like to get in here. Harold's going to start things off. Harold, how you doing, buddy? Welcome into the drive. What's up? Doing all right. Trying to stay warm up here in the north. I hear you, buddy. But but I, I'm enjoying this thought exercise of how Louisville could win this game, and I think um, second chance points for us hmm. is going to be key. I think us having a season high in assists and having you know, what um, I mean. What this is probably going to be a game with a lot of possessions. That's the assumption. So I think that, you know, we're going to have to um, probably get somewhere around 18 to 20 assists. Just going back to what you were saying about playing team offense, right? Um, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a big number. That's not a number we see, but that's, that's what I believe it's going to take. I, I also think that, um, you know, we're going to obviously have to limit turnovers. But if we do turn the ball over, get back on defense, and, again, limit them to one shot. So I really think it's going to come down to our defensive intensity and our ability to um, control the glass and share the ball. Um, I don't know that we can put all of those things together, but in this, in this exercise, I think that's what a victory would sort of look like. Um, and then I think, you know, we're, we're going to need, we're gonna need some, some guys to be a little – 
a little unconscious from the three the three point line. And I think Tyler. I think if Tyler can really um, if Tyler can play a controlled game that you know that sort of New York style basketball, right? And most folks know what I mean when I say that. If he's driving and dishing or driving and getting fouled and just putting a lot of pressure on folks and winning his one-on-one matchup, I think that's where we can start to see some of those extensions of the rotation. And lastly, but not least, we just have to be extremely strong with the ball. No fumbling passes that come to you that we know are surefire assists. No getting your feet ahead of you before you, um, you know, pivot or drop step. None of that. We got to be strong with the ball and strong with our moves. If we can do that, then we have a chance to not get blown out. Boy, that, Harold, I got to tell you, man, like that was a lot of really well reasoned buildup. And then you ended it with, we got a chance to not get blown out. I'm like, damn it, I want to win. <laughs> I want, to, I want to win, too, but I think that's the thing, right? Because really what we have to do, what this squad has to do, is if this game, if we can get to the under-four timeout, either ahead by a possession or down a possession or two, then we have a game. You know, if we're getting run off the court in the first half, it doesn't matter what you do the second half. So I think, you know, we do all those things to keep it close. And, and then we try and see if we can catch a, a little lightning in the bottle um, to close out the game. I think that strong closeout against Miami and then our inability to do it against NC State sort of shows me the formula. Obviously, right, in basketball, you got to go on runs, period. But I think for this team, keep it close. Don't hang your head. And then, you know, put it together in in those uh, last two segments. So, y'all have a good one. Let's go, Cards. Um, You know, I would say let's beat UNC, but then I'd be getting my hopes up a little too much, which is sort of sad for me because I – I love trying to beat them, and I see us as, you know, equivalent to UNC, just just not this year yet. Appreciate it, Harold. Always good to, uh, to hear from you. Uh, but I just thought it was funny because it was, like, all super well-reasoned. Oh, like, yeah. This happens, this happens, and then we won't. I'm like, God, what would we'll have get happened? blown out. Yeah. Like, in, like, you know, what's the formula to win if all of that just keeps you from getting blown out? A couple of quick responses uh, to what he had uh, to say there. But, uh, one, I, I don't know if I really want Tyler Johnson to be under control. You know, he said Tyler be controlled. I, I kind of feel like he's, you know, he's early Russ. Let's let him just be kind of a free radical and and yeah. until he fouls out. Basically. You got you got you got to <laughs> let him be him. You know, well, and I, that that he, naturally rounds into what Russ was his junior senior year. Like that, it ends up if they develop properly. Like Russ as a sophomore was a wild card. You know, he could go off for 30 and rub, or he could not uh, turn the ball over six times. Miss every last second shot. And go like two for 12. Right. You know, it, it happens. But Tyler, I think what he's saying is, like, he just can't turn the ball over a lot. You know, and that's, that's I think, what we're all saying is that we can't turn the ball over. We can't let them get out and run, you know, which turning the ball over and uh, one-and-done possessions tends to lend itself to that. So if you value the basketball and you get some offensive rebounds and you don't rush shots like that, all that all feeds into a team that likes to to run out and transition, you know, and and that's that's what we have to limit. We can't let them get comfortable and just attract me. Can't do it because we'll end up losing. They'll they'll score ninety five points. What I'm be kind of fascinated to watch because I I think this happened a little bit in the Miami game is. 
I don't think – I think because Louisville beat Miami within the past week, you, there's no chance that North Carolina will overlook them. Yeah. Uh, I think Miami – that might have been some. Uh, it's just – It's they, not to take away from us to say that they took us a little well, we lightly. We took advantage of that. Yeah, yeah we took I, advantage of right, it. We played I, well. It wouldn't have shocked me to find out, and we'll never know this, if they simplified things or spent a little extra time on the next – whatever, right? Uh, that sort of thing. But I do wonder about the phenomenon, especially on the road, of the home crowd kind of getting on their own guys. Yeah. Right? Like the home crowd sort of grousing. If this thing's tied at the uh, the under four in the first half, people are like, what the hell? I thought we were going to blow these guys out. Like, these guys like, suck. Like, why yeah. are we, you know? And sometimes, like, they don't – it's not like a tournament site where everyone starts cheering for the underdog or something. That's not going to happen. We're not going to, like, turn them. You know, it's like a Rocky where they're, like, rooting yeah. for the American all of a sudden. Right? It's not like that. But the – Sometimes if I could change, yeah, if you could change, right? Who we could change? That's a great movie. I don't care what anybody. Says. I, who who says it's not? I, nobody that I want to know. Rocky won the Cold War. Okay, <laughs> that's I one hundred percent. That's how the Cold War ended, in my opinion. In my opinion, that is yeah, when it ended. Yeah. yeah, right there. Reagan, Gorbachev, nobody cares. Yeah. Like, this def- it was definitely Rocky. Bam. <laughs> It was 10 I, for I just, all y'all. I love that there's probably some high school kid in there listening to this guy like a test tomorrow. I was like, well, who ended the co-wars? Like, Rocky, Rocky Balboa. Balboa. Rocky. Yeah. Duh. As far as I know, he's the one who yelled, hey, Mr. Gorbachev, get out of that wall. You're Stallone needs work. But Stallone needs work. That's not that far off of Stallone. It's close enough for government work. I do think <laughs> that the crowd starting to sort of turn on their own guys is a thing that Louisville can have this year. Yeah. I hate it. It's not something I ever want to be available again. No, we take but if it's get. there, you might as well do it. Yeah. And Louisville has randomly gone to North Carolina and played stupidly well. Remember Chris Mack's first year? They went down there and beat the hell out of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It was a record-setting defeat kind of at the time. Uh, and no one saw that coming at all. Stephen Enoch had a huge game in that game, right? <laughs> Stephen Enoch. I haven't heard that name in a while. I know I forgot he existed, honestly. No, I love Big Steve. <laughs> I man. liked I thought, him, too. He's a good player, man. God, I miss him. This team could kill for a Stephen Enoch, honestly. <sighs> Think about Jordan Wara. Or as Tanner called him, Jordan Nuora during his update. Because he just got traded to the Raptors, yeah, by the way, for that. anybody who didn't, who didn't see that. He was part of the trade to bring Pascal Siakam to the Pacers. That's right. So he'll be... I guess he'll be closer to Buffalo, where he's originally from, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan is. Yep. Uh, so I guess that's good. He's had the the exact NBA career I thought he would. He's good at about one thing. He wants to catch and shoot. And he can occasionally dribble or he can occasionally throw down with somebody. But you want him catch and shoot in transition. Don't get whipped on defense. Play a little bit. And he's going to have a great life. Look, when you're six eight and you can shoot the ball like he can, you you find a role in the NBA. That's that's what I said when he came out. You know, a good teammate, and already got a ring with the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right. He Did flashes. Nothing. He flashes too. Like the other day with the Pacers, he had that that facial. He he absolutely crammed on somebody and and man, just send that whole thing to the mixtape. My it. God, that's Dave. Fun. Did you do it on purpose? No. Nah, I mean, sometimes it just happens. There's a lot. Of, look, Hell. there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of double entendres out there. Mark, you can't you hit all of them. Yeah, you hit yeah. all of them. I mean, that's what sports is. It's just full of... Uh... That's right. That's true. That's right. It's fine. I thought you did it on purpose. No, I'm comfortable with it, though. I mean, I would take credit for it. 
If I was you, I would. It's one of those things where you hear the word facial coming out, and you're just like, yeah, just let and it that happen. That was like the third one uh, in a in a line. Not to mention that he's gonna he's gonna package up the uh, the Stallone Gorbachev. I know he is. He's gonna send that along. You have already claimed the mixtape <laughs> on a Wednesday. There right? you go. Yeah, I just gotta make sure I cut these up. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Spencer always cuts them up. For the drive, I'm usually the one that does cut up the clips that end up on the mixtape because I know Justin and James working on a lot of other content. I don't um, know how much the mixtape has changed with Andy not being there, but we were never on it when Andy was there. It was very rare that I would like every once in a while they would drop one in. Like yeah, when depending Jack, on the producer, because I would help Jack out a lot when Jack yeah. was in charge of the mixtape, and I was like, hey, because I know Jack has a million other things. He's listening to Andy's show, and obviously Issel was a big part of the mixtape when he was still here. <laughs> On, on these airwaves. Man. What a fountain of content. So, you never knew where he was going. <laughs> oh, you never did. Uh, there's a certain thing that happens once you hit about age 65, and he was in his 70s. Uh, you just start, you, you care are, less. You are eternally freed from the fear of man. Yeah, you just don't For good or for, or for bad. You're just not afraid of what anyone thinks about what you think. Uh, and also, and he's, to find out what kind of person you really are. <laughs> he's, he was such an accomplished person anyway in yeah, his professional right. life that it was just like, I'm secure in who I am here. <laughs> I don't really need to curry any favor yeah, with anybody. Right. Yeah. I'm not Fire me. I'm just going to retire. Used to always <laughs> say that sort of thing like around the house. He'd be like, I'm not trying to impress anybody. He'd say that. And that, oh, yeah. that was this for sure. They actually, uh, I was listening to a little bit of the V show earlier, and the guys did a good job covering for, for Bob as usual. And uh, they were talking about the uh, Iron Eagle uh, clip, and then they clipped the, or they played the, uh, the Louis Dan clip when Louis got pissed because Dan said something about blocking out and he played basketball, you know, and Louis really sensitive to that. Oh, where sure. If you ever play the why play card, even if you are a Hall of Fame, <laughs> you're a Hall of Famer, Louis gonna get he got sensitive about it and got went back at him. It's a pretty good clip. It's pretty funny. Louis went hard at him. Louis's not afraid of anybody either. See, I, I love Louis think, for that. I think Louis was very deferential for good reason to Dan for a long time. That was one of the first times I'd ever heard him really clap back bit. on him. Yeah, and it was uh, kind of glorious because Dan was just like, All right, we're not going to agree on this, so let's just talk about <laughs> something else. <laughs> Politics. Because they definitely agree on everything. That yeah. <laughs> I hope Dan's uh, enjoying life right now, man. I'm sure that he is. Yeah. 8150 that's uh, the number if you'd like to get in here. So the one other thing I wanted to go back to very quickly, uh, we were all talking about a texture sent in that picture, that picture of like Hillary looking at somebody's random kitchen, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, this is Alabama entering college football. <laughs> right, 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 Real right, life yeah. in college football, and it's, it's perfect. That's exactly what it is. But part of me rolls my eyes because it's like, oh, now that you all are seeing what it's like for all of us, there needs to be these big changes, yeah. and it probably will be because of them. But it re- it is remarkable. Like, let's just say for this for the sake of this discussion that Harbaugh gets the Chargers job. Three of the four teams in the college football playoff are going to be laid waste to, because the we have the perfectly reasonable rule. Hey, if your coach leaves, you can hit the portal. They get thirty days. That is, but a one way street. So like, your coach leaves, your players can leave. But you can't get anybody. Yeah, they can only leave. So, like your roster, which was a great roster, a college football playoff roster, is now wide open, no protection at all. 
and you've got to try to fi- uh, hire a coach. And, and I, look, maybe Sharon Moore keeps the losses of uh, players at Michigan down to, to a minimum, but we're looking at three out of the four teams having their rosters laid waste to. Guys, we, we kind of reached the place now where a coaching change in college football, for any other reason than you're firing someone, is going to be just as catastrophic. Like, like look at Arizona. Yeah. Arizona was, was going to be a – they were looking at hitting the ground running in the Big 12 yeah. – would yeah. have been one of the favorites would have been in the a Big favorite. 12. Yeah. No quite. They probably were, would have been the highest rated team going into the season there, or maybe Utah. Yeah, you remember Utah. Yeah. Uh, one of those two. And now they lose their coach. A bunch of signees, a bunch of guys hit the portal almost immediately. Washington's got the same thing. It's, I, this is, and I don't really know what they can do in terms of the calendar to keep this sort of thing yeah. from happening. But like, if Harbaugh takes the Chargers' job, people are going to just destroy that roster too. It's just just ravenous people. And I get maybe there isn't anything that can be done about it. But like now, if you're firing coach, it's already bad. But now, if your coach leaves, you got to. He's built things up and left it in a good place. It's probably going to get torn apart. Yeah, there's this. There's every coach. Coach change is going to be starting from scratch. Yeah, there are some players that are still in the portal that haven't committed. Uh, but that list is shorter. You know, it's it's pretty short of players that are available. There might be some, uh, I don't know, cannibalizing each other's rosters there, like with the Alabama players going to Michigan or Michigan players well, going like to Alabama. Chairs. Right. More more so than anything. Which of these playoff or Arizona are they players play for or not? Are they going to play for one? Right. That's right. Um, and then you've got second level. I mean, San Jose State. Or was it San Jose? San Jose. San Jose State. They. Uh, their coach is heading to Arizona. I mean, their roster is up for grabs. Obviously, there's not going to be as many targets that people are going to want there, but there's going to be little outlets here and there, and there's going to be the second round after spring practice, which is where you might see a little more with big-name coaches or big-name programs having turnover like that after the, the initial transfer portal uh, period is closed. I think you might see a little more activity post-spring with players that may not have seen an avenue to Michigan or Alabama before or uh, didn't have a roster spot that are going to be looking at those type of uh, of landing spots post spring. No, because I remember like in December, like we talked about, like all the head coaching vacancies that came up, they all were filled before signing day because yeah. they had to be basically. And now we're seeing this late round of coaching carousel, which I love. It's just great for chaos factoring, but uh, it, it does suck for Alabama that you're losing players and you can't really poach players because like classes starting and everything. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, sure, Louisville's flipping guys from Ole Miss, which we love happening. But you see, like, Alabama doesn't go in and try to flip a kid that's committed to, like, Texas. Like, hey, flip to us, like, real quick. Like, they may be able to do that. But the spring portal time is going to be another one to watch for because that's probably where these rosters get filled to the completion. Oh, that's what I think. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to have to strike back in that uh, window for sure. But it's a different – it's a lot fewer usually. A lot fewer guys available. A lot of those guys that are available after spring – uh, are sort of desperate takes or guys who are fleeing a situation that doesn't really work for them. So it's not not really often a lot of opportunities for for a place like Bama to re- restock. Yeah, like you get guys that are that are. But we, I mean, we did see. Uh, I mean, we lost two receivers in the spring a couple years ago, yeah. and, and I mean that that'll one of them to Bama. One of them to Bama. I mean that happens, you know, and, and some unprecedented moves. And what I was saying is that they might be more incentivized players that you wouldn't necessarily expect to move after spring normally might move after spring now 
because there's spots open at Bama or Michigan. I think it was interesting in this one to think about like sort of the sliding doors uh, kind of scenario here. Alabama's roster is pillaged, relatively speaking, because of Saban retiring after the playoff. If they don't make the playoff, does he retire in like early December? Yeah, that might have that might have helped because I saw the tweet about that. I mean, it could change a lot of things. And do they do they get Kalen DeBoer before Washington's appearance appearance in the yeah, playoffs? He, or does where would he, he have been on their list of coaches they wanted? Right, and would he have taken the job? Before before completing the job at Washington, I don't know if he would have. You know, I don't know. I don't know the guy personally, but that's. I think like if he was in the road, if he was in a regular bowl game, that wasn't the playoffs. Sure, but it's a lot harder to convince, you know, a coach that's built something at Washington, gets his ultimate prize. He's in the playoffs in a, with an undefeated team and a chance at the national championship to walk away before the playoffs. I don't think I don't know if he would have. I also think it's kind of fascinating to think about the entire time he's been there at Alabama, except for this year, he's had assistant coaches on his staff that you that were either had already been head coaches and were sort of in that reclamation right. stage, or the next big thing like Kirby Smart and others, you know, on it. And this Jeremy is the Pruitt. year. Yeah, <laughs> this is the year where he decides it's time to retire and his coordinators were Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele, who's older than him. Yeah. And who, who retired from everything after Bef- this year, like yeah, this before Saban year, retired, Kevin Steele had already announced his retirement. Yeah. This is the year he chose to retire when they don't have an internal candidate that, that would have been celebrated in almost any other year. There's no Will Muschamp. There's no Jimbo Fisher. There's no anybody like he's normally had on the sidelines. Uh, as coordinators, Dave. It's a shame Tommy Reese didn't work out for them. Did it? Did it? Did either of you ever <laughs> believe that he was like a candidate? No. They were saying he was gonna, like, no. Like I one think of these like, things is not yeah. like the other. It's like we'll give you an interview just to say you got an interview. Just to That's say a, we interviewed one of our own. Yeah, it's like not even Rooney Rule, but it's like is like, he one yeah. of our own or one of their own? Yeah, he was there for one year. One year, yeah. hey, it's more experienced than anyone else <laughs> they were hiring. I did like uh, the the report that uh, should the Michigan job open up, I think it was Bruce Feldman that reported this earlier, should the Michigan job open up with Harbaugh perhaps going back uh, to the NFL, that Brian Kelly would be interested in the Michigan job. Great cultural fit there. Family. I I just don't – I don't know how the Michigan faithful would take that because I think they really like Sharon Moore, honestly. Like he he proved himself this year – and I realize he didn't build the program, but he he shepherded it through two separate Jim Harbaugh suspensions, won the two biggest games on their schedule without him on the sideline, and won the Maryland game, which was seen as a trap game in between on the road. Um, I just don't I don't know if their fan base would see Brian Kelly as a better option than Sharon Moore. What does he have over him except for like, yeah, he's a proven head coach, recruiting. He's been a good recruiter. Like, but you're he's not also, asking me this, are you? No, say, but okay. he's he's been a a good recruiter at places that are easy to recruit to. You know, like and Michigan's easy to recruit to, sure. But what's to say, Sharon Moore wouldn't be equipped to do that? He's been doing it for the last several years as the offensive coordinator and number one assistant for Jim Harbaugh. So I just I don't know if the Michigan fan base with their you know hard on for Michigan men <laughs> would exactly. be would be into the Brian Kelly hire. Uh, somebody who's seen as somewhat of a mercenary, 
you know, even though he was at Notre Dame for a while, but he took the money and ran to LSU. I just don't I don't I don't see them as favoring Brian Kelly over Sean Moore. Yeah, Brian Kelly's definitely not a Michigan man. Whereas Sherell Moore, at least he's been there for a time, so he's acclimated to the cult of Ann Arbor and a the Mason Blues. Michigan man. Yeah, he's been converted to Michigan man yeah. status. I mean, he cried I over. I love the idea over Jim of Harbaugh. Brian Kelly just like googling Michigan facts. Yeah, like I'm a youper. You're like, you just said that. <laughs> neck, neck, let's yeah. go. Right. Like you're from the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> what are you saying? Like you just say words. I thought that was just up. <laughs> How about the Lions, guys? That's right. Exactly. Like, lifelong Lions, lifelong Lions fan. Okay, that's a great segue. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, since we've been talking about awkward uh, announcers, right, with Ian Eagle and all that clip that sort of resurfaced uh, today, uh, there was a Lions-Bucks press conference question uh, that uh, is as bad as it gets. I feel bad, and I'm going to make you all feel bad by playing it on the other side. But here. I loved it. On the drive on I thumb the ball. Be right back. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. You're listening to The Drive. Presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Zill. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. What are we going to do when Brady Brom just decides to be a regular person and tweet about whatever he's interested in instead of just being the commitment bat signal for Louisville football? I think he loves what he does. He's like, what else would I be tweeting about? No, but like everybody in Louisville, like, he's their favorite Twitter account because every time he tweets, we get we make uh, Lane Kiffin mad or sad. The number of Louisville fans that were giving Lane Kiffin uh, hell for his tweet just a couple of days ago. Yep. Uh, uh, for uh, in, insisting that there was nothing to the idea of uh, what Tyler Barron coming here, mm-hmm. uh, he very much is here now. Yep. Uh, and it looks like. The, the the suspicion from a lot of people, Taz Nicholson, defensive back that was going from Illinois to Ole Miss, uh, and is rumored to be heading here now. That is probably who Brady Brown was referring to, but it'd be even more fun if it wasn't. That would take three Ole Miss transfer portal uh, commits and flip them Isn't all it, to a, Wouldn't that be four? Three. Uh, Wesley Walker wasn't committed oh, okay. to Ole Miss. Oh, he was, he was oh, in Tennessee, Tennessee, but he Tennessee, wasn't yeah. to Ole Miss. I got you. Yeah, yeah what's going on in Tennessee? That all of them just want to come up to louisville i mean i'm fine with that i'm, I'm not gonna with complain it. with it tyler barron obviously i didn't get i i was on the show yesterday i can't remember if it broke while you were on air or not but massive get i mean we all talked about how he wanted an edge in this yeah. class it might have been the one piece missing and he's one of the highest rated edges in the portal um he had 12 and a half career sacks at tennessee he's a big body and he's going to compliment ashton gelati on the opposite side of the line uh, extremely well. I mean, I think State of Louisville uh, tweeted out the uh, 
we had three of the top 15 returning defensive linemen in college football. I think Gordon PFF, or I'll have to look at the tweet again, but between Thor Griffith, um, Ashton Gelati, and Tyler Barrett. It was like some NFL draft board. Like NFL ranking. draft board, that's what it was. It wasn't PFF, thank you. I couldn't find that. But then you can supplement that with, you. I think right now at least, uh, you've got Mason Ryger back. Yep. Uh, and He did kind of fade down the stretch, but back and and is good he is a good defensive end uh capable of of having a hell of a night sometimes but he is a good but then you also have thor griffith coming in you might i think you might have jermaine lole back that would be huge you know literally and metaphorically and like that gives you the ability to mix and match based on opponents and to be so strong against the run right you can so you, you can move ashton around you can move him around uh Griffith around kind of the same thing maybe free Ashton up to play you could play some all of those guys together and maybe not have like a true nose on some passing downs things like that but it, it also gives you a chance to keep the uh the mileage off some of these guys because if there was yeah. one thing that really seemed to stick out about Michigan in those two playoff games they they were rotating six seven defensive linemen throughout and they were fresh all the way to the last lap, of the last snap of the last game. So we tended to do that for most of the season, and we did, we did fade a little bit down the stretch. But we were doing line changes throughout the year, and I think that's kind of going to be the standard for most, you know, teams going forward. Yeah, I mean, you don't want any particular defensive lineman playing 80 percent of the snaps. No, and if you, if you can get away with it, I mean, unless you have a game changer like Gelati's probably going to play more, you know, and 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 guys like that, but. You're going to try to, to steal some snaps here and there, and, and you, you want to have a second line that's just as good as not a lot, not a, a, a fall-off. And we had that this year where each week we had a new guy stepping up and and we had a new defensive lineman that we were talking about, you know, uh, whether it be Mason Ryger or Stephen Heron or whoever. Um, and next year I'm kind of interested to see which one of the freshmen that came in this year, whether it be uh, – Capers. This is the one that comes to mind Capers, for me. Capers, Henderson, or Wu Spencer, guys like that that came in last year, see if they can develop physically this offseason. Was Xavier Port or Carter? Yeah. Carter? Who, I think that's it's right. Van. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or Micah Carter. Micah Carter, Micah Carter from, from, from St. X. Yep. He was, that's why you thought yep. Xavier. Yep. Yeah. And it sounded good to me. Right. Uh, Micah Carter. Like any of the guys that came in last year that could possibly develop physically enough to be a part of of next year's group. Because Wu Spencer and Sneak Henderson were both six five, you know, six four big kids who have big frames. You know, that we were waiting to see what a college strength and conditioning program could do for them. Uh, I mean, are they are they able to put on thirty pounds of muscle? You know, and become just gigantic, unstoppable, immovable objects. Uh, and that's what I want to see next year, see which one of those guys can can break into the rotation. That's always the X factor. We talk about the transfers because you expect them to immediately help you, but we do have a bunch of guys that were on the roster that are developing. Like, we didn't talk a ton about Mason Ryger going into this season. I didn't talk about him at all. You know what I'm saying? There's always my long standing policy on walk ons and former walk ons. And these guys are scholarship players I'm talking about. Like, there's going to be guys that are developing that were freshmen or maybe even sophomores and juniors on this roster that, that make an impact next year. What if what if Brady Brahms tweet is for Caleb Downs? Oh, I don't, <laughs> I'd pass that'd be out. Any Alabama play, but that'd be awesome if it was. It's like, eh, I'd pass out. Why not? 
I think it'd be fantastic. It's not getting Proctor. I mean, we all we all know that's Iowa, but uh, or do we? Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone seems to think that it's Iowa. I mean, what if it's no Zion Grady? What if it's the five-star edge in the 2024 class? Who knows? It's probably the kid from Illinois. But look, this is a skilled now, a really skilled front seven. Uh, you've got good depth. You've addressed the secondary. Uh, I think really well. Uh, with with the portal group and the group that you signed last year, and returning player like I, you just you have a lot of depth, a lot of guys with power five experience, uh, and your own guys coming back obviously with Quincy Riley, your MJ Griffin going to be healthy you hope, uh, and back at safety. David, I've seen way too early top twenty fives. I know uh, the, the cover three guys did theirs today. Uh, and basically threw a handful of Louisville uh, uh, ACC teams just kind of in a hat. Yeah. And they, they they all said Clemson's the favorite for next year, but it could be Florida State, could be Miami, could be Louisville. And I, with what they've been able to do, uh, assuming that quarterback play is is at least what it was this year, there's, there's no reason they can't make it back to Charlotte next year, even with a harder schedule. I mean, I honestly – the only bet I'd take, like, I, I feel good about Louisville next year, but the only bet I'd take in that group is that Clemson doesn't make it to Charlotte. You're just not feeling them, huh? No, I'm just not, man. Not until they utilize the portal. I'm exactly. not feeling anything with Clemson. I'm off Dabo Sweeney until he figures out modern college football, and I realize we're not that far removed from their glory days, but this thing has changed so rapidly, and if you're not keeping up, it's not sustainable. I mean, they pulled 9-4 and four out of their hat this year, and they beat Kentucky in the bowl game, but I'm just not, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I don't think he gets it yet, and I don't think he wants to get it. Maybe he'll throw it in my face this year, but to this point, he hasn't shown me this offseason that he's figured it out yet. You can only be stubborn so long, and they can only tolerate you being stubborn so long. And if you get nine and four is not good at Clemson, given the recent success there. Not the way they view themselves and not with versus the, way, the rest of the ACC. Either. Not with yeah. the way they recruit. Yeah. Relative to the ACC, there's really no excuse for that. I, I feel like if you gave Mike Norvell or Jeff Brom, maybe even Dave Doran, that roster, they're going to do better than that. Yeah, But I, I still, going back to his stance on the uh, the transfer portal and taking transfers, and I think Jeff's doing exactly what is right for Louisville and what he's doing. I think Dave Doran's doing the same thing. I don't think that Clemson needs to be as active as Louisville is. No. Uh, or anything like that. But having nobody... They're losing guys to the portal. They are. They're not losing like a ton of top-end guys. They're losing down-the-roster pieces at this point, but they have lost some four-stars in the past. I think they have one or two four-stars in the portal this year. They have zero incoming, though. I mean, right. all it takes is... I think they've only taken like th- had three guys even visit. It's not sustainable. Right. It's just not in modern college football because there will be top-end players that look elsewhere and leave. The, yeah. the down-the-roster, the second and third string four-stars are going to look elsewhere after the spring there's going to be another round like they are going to have to be able to backfill that and you can't just do it with freshmen it doesn't work that way i mean he ran dju out of town he was like he had no problem doing that it's like okay you're not gonna start next year dj looked elsewhere and now he's back in dc at florida state so like you have no problem telling other players yeah you're not cut out or other players leaving but yeah like you said you can't just do it with freshmen yeah, that's the one of the interesting, I think, kind of dynamics about not being keen on the portal. Uh, it doesn't 
you know, the portal for coaches is just as much about unloading as it is reloading. Right. You know, getting guys out. And I wonder if just maybe his hesitation to do that is like a quiet kind of arrogance. Like he doesn't want to admit to have been, having been wrong about guys that they took. I don't know. I mean, that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. I just, just so stubborn. I don't know. I just don't, don't think he likes the machinations and he thinks he can do it his way. And at the end of the day, if everybody else is using the portal properly, or if there's five or six other teams in the Which ACC, is not the same for every place. It's not. Right. And we've seen half of the top 25, or half of the top 20 almost, or nine teams in the top 20 are in the ACC next year, if you include SMU and, and Cal. All of these teams are, are using it probably in upgrading. Like Louisville, you see the average uh, star rating or average uh, rating yeah, for like a player. percent Going higher. out yeah. and coming in are completely different. They're upgrading every position and they're using it, you know, like a, a scalpel. And they're 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 upgrading different parts of the roster that need to be upgraded. You know, and, and Louisville's doing it far more wholesale than other than other teams are. But man, when you've got so many teams in the ACC that are willing to upgrade their roster, the high school ratings of these players means less. That's right. Every single the farther away from high school you get the less relevant their high school rating is. It matters how good they were in college. It matters how... It's just like a SAT score in high school. You know, it's not exactly the same, but you look at SAT scores in high school, and I'm more worried about your grades two years later. Sure. You know what I mean? And that's uh, your grades coming out of high school or your, your rating coming out of high school. If you haven't applied or figured out a way to turn that potential into on-field performance... I don't care as much about your four star rating coming out of high school. Yeah, we we need to come up with us like a standard uh, for for when it's relevant that a transfer was highly rated out of high school and when it, it isn't. Sure. Because like a guy who's like twenty, like Tyler Shuck's the high school rating, he's twenty five years old. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But we it, might it still quote matter. it because it looks good for us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the flow is chart the is. Yeah. yeah. The flow chart does it benefit us? Yes. Does it make then us it look matters? Right. Does it not? No, doesn't matter. Like that's the flow chart there. It's just like we've always joked about it for years because there's different recruiting rankings. Uh, if anybody says he's a four star, he's a four he's star. a four star. <laughs> it's like baseball rankings in anyway. college. Just like, uh, this poll says we're right, three. Right. This says we're nine. We're three. We're there's, a, there's there's more baseball polls than there are boxing titles. You know, like, that's that's how it's always been. And you're just like, yeah, well, we're number three. It's like, well, this one says you're number twelve. We're number three. Number three. Here's. A new phenomenon that I enjoy just for kind of catching uh, casuals. Uh, you'll get people like Louisville gets a commitment from from Penny Boone. And people are like, what are we doing? Taking a freaking guy from Toledo. How's that supposed to help us? The, he was a four-star kid out of high school. Signed with Maryland. Yeah. And then went to Toledo. And there are a ton of those guys mm-hmm. who wash out in one place or leave one place, find a better place. And then they've got one more move in them and people don't know. That that's where those guys came from, like mm-hmm. uh, Jackson State. You know, Kevin Coleman was four star kid out of high school. Like, yeah, well, he that was, sort committed of to thing. play for Dion. Yeah, he committed to play for Dion. He had a he was one of the four stars that 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 shunned Division One A football or F- FBS football to go play for Dion. You have to do your homework on these guys before you make these snap judgments. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or you can just keep making your snap judgments. It's fine. Or you can realize that some of these guys that were not as highly rated out of high school, became really good players in college like Pete Nigra. He fits in at the Power 5 level. I promise you that. 
you know, I'm still I'm still kind of feeling out a few of the other transfers on the offensive line, but the one that I can pencil in is Pete Niger. He's going to start next year. Is there any with with what Louisville's done so far between signees in the in the portal, high school signees in the portal? Is there any area of the team that right now genuinely concerns you? Or is it all, I'm not sure who, but I know they've got pieces. It's mostly uh, the latter. Yeah. You know, I don't know who's going to step up, but I feel good about the depth. feel good about the uh, the options. I mean, we could always, look, even though we just got an edge, I could use another edge. You know, because I'm not sure what the freshmen look like. I'm not sure what the guys that are developing look like right now. Uh, we'll know more after spring. You know, it, it'll 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 shake itself out a little bit. See if we need another linebacker. See if we need another edge. Like I, I but I feel good. Like seven or eight DBs, I feel good about right now. It might shake out differently. I mean, we had guys that we felt good about coming in the transport last year that didn't make an impact. You know, it's just a matter of who's going to. And that's going to happen. The too. cream's going to rise to the top. You know, after they get out on the field. Yeah, you're going to have those guys uh, as well. You're going to be excited. Some of those guys, I mean, Gilbert Fryerson hardly did much of anything, mm-hmm. but he did do a couple things. Yeah. He had a great interception, right? Uh, in, in, Brown didn't do anything, and we talked about him. <laughs> I, mean, really. I remember we had Chris Hummer on the show at Derby time last year because we were at Churchill Downs, and he's like the portal guy for 24-7, yeah. and he was like, that's the one I'm most excited about, and he, I don't think he did anything. Yeah. He he really didn't. He didn't have. He certainly didn't have the impact that I thought he would. I thought he would be a, a top four linebacker on the team and be in the rotation regularly, and he really wasn't. Yeah, I don't think that there's a single area on the team that I look at right now and think like that's a problem. Punter. We'll find out on opening day. Hopefully, that's not, hopefully we need a punter this year. That well, that's that the goal every year, <laughs> yeah. right? Does Louisville have the a punter returning? I'm asking. I uh, is Travelstead back? I feel like he has. I think Travelstead's back, but I don't think like I think that we learned early last did year he that punt. He, he did, did early. Yes, he did in the first like five games of the year. He punted. I love you guys. So like, I can't believe you're having to explain this to you. Yeah, remember you were like, oh, you know one guy instead of two guys because we had the same kicker and punter to start the year. I don't try to remember any of this, guys. I just don't care about kickers. I'm sorry. I know they're important objectively. Chase McLaughlin, your thoughts on him? He exists. I don't know what he does. Yeah, so early in the season when Travel Step was doing... He's the Bucks kicker. Sure. See? (laughs) I am no respecter of persons. Early last year, Travel Step was doing the place kicking. How do you know the Bucks kicker? The place kicking... Because I watched the game on Monday night. Sorry, Dave. I know we're going to the Bucks kicker talk. Were you trying to say something? Yeah, I was. You guys were having a conversation about about Tampa Bay's kicker. talk about him. It's you asked me fault. about it. I'm trying to. So the first half of last year, Travel Set handled kickoff duties, place kicking duties, as well as punting. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. It was a pretty important part of the season. I do remember. And it that. was pivotal in I'm a lot Dr. of our Gally games Wackets. in the first half of last right. year. Okay. Anyway, about halfway through the year, Brady Hodges took over most punting duties, and he was good for a couple of games. He faded down the stretch. I don't know what they're going to do with it next year. That I remember. Yeah, you do remember. When it's bad, you remember it. I guess that's kind of just the nature of special teams. Isn't it? They all fade down the stretch for me. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I don't remember. Brady Hodges is still on the roster. I don't. 
Travis was a junior this year. I'm pretty positive. That's uh, I remember when we signed him. He's been a part of the team for a while. There was the kid from Cal that came and left, right? And he kicked one field goal. Yeah, <laughs> just one. Mm-hmm. Lopez. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the one <laughs> when uh, when uh, Travis Stead was struggling, and we brought him in, and he kicked the field goal, and he hit it, and it was beautiful. I got one. I just love year. your commitment I spent to the bit. My, my special teams knowledge in 2024 on the 17th of January. There it is. That's the one. I just I love your commitment to the bit, man. It's very easy to just not know these things. <laughs> I'm hoping Chase McLaughlin does something great this week against the Lions. I know. And like, oh, I know who that guy is They'll now. Fake a punt. He'll throw like a touchdown or something, right? <laughs> That'd probably be the case there. They're gonna need that. You look like you're about to say something, so I don't want to start. Because I, I was just, I was making sure that Brock Travelstead was a junior, like he said he was. Yeah. Does, you know what? Those things don't mean anything to me. Like, what does it mean that anyone's a junior right now? It really doesn't, but it means that he has eligibility. I guess doesn't everyone? Yeah, yeah. At this point, yes. For like another two years, there's just like a slush fund of eligibility you can all dip into whenever you need it. <laughs> He's a seventh year senior, <laughs> like for whatever that whatever, means. Whatever right. that means. I mean, Louisville's quarterback's going to be 25 again. Yes. I just hope he's on a master's program, not still on his undergrad. That would be sad. You think Armando Baycott at least has his undergrad? In North Carolina, probably, probably. not. What's it matter, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hodges is a junior, too. That's what I thought. I thought they were like, so they're both back. Travelstead and Hodges are both back. Lopez was a, I think he was a graduate student last year, I think, from Cal. I don't know, guys. I don't know, guys. I'm just the commitment to the bit is strong <laughs> with the special teams with you. Who's your favorite all-time Louisville kicker? It's got to be an easy answer. It's our Carmody. Like, you you, like I don't even think you get to pick. Automatic. Yeah. He's a Lou Groza winner. Yeah, he, he has to be. And hilarious. He's a great and a stellar bull rep. Yeah. He is. I, I'm just jealous because I want to be a bull. Rep. We should have Art Carmody on the show to talk about being a I would rep. love that. That would be fun. Yeah, just to travel to like various arenas. Like, yeah, I just say watch college football. Yeah, Alabama's not going to go to this bowl game, but we get to watch them anyway. So this is my guy right here. Text her into the UPS jobs text line. My guy or gal. I spend more time purposefully, incorrectly remembering players' names to bother my own family members than I ever would trying to remember the name of a place kicker. This is my person right here. <laughs> That's where I'm at. And I'm not going to change anytime soon. Oh, man. Yes, Lopez hit the portal. I did know that. There you go. Yeah, you did. You said that he was here and there. He was gone in a flash. That's right. But, I mean, the fact that Hodges and Travelstead are both back would make you assume that they have the inside. You would think. The inside uh, track to both the uh, kicking and punting jobs. But we do have a pretty elite kicker coming in from Trinity, don't we? I'm going to keep asking you questions like you know the answer. Yes. I'm like the Magic 8-Ball. I just like asking you questions. We're pretty well-versed. Like, we are pretty well-versed in the rest of the roster. I just like asking you questions I know you don't know the answer to. On the You found your sweet spot. <laughs> One hour to go here. We'll come back. We will play the, the awkward clip that I promised last time on the other side here. On the drive on Thunderville. Be right back.